following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Helmet. Let's rock. Coming to you live on tape on this Thursday evening, August 26th. The Broken Helmet coming to you via the velvety voice of Richard Eggy here in Northern Jersey, accompanied today by the brother Eggy, Christopher, down in sunny Florida. How are you doing down there in the great state, the great city of Boynton Beach? Hey, I uh, I got two days of vacation here, Thursday, Friday. This is my summer vacation. Oh, two days. Don't spend it all in one place. Two, two days. Two solid days just at home taking care of the baby. How did you finagle that one? Well, Who'd you pay off for those monstrous two days off? We were supposed to go to Saratoga, but yes, you uh, the, the whole COVID thing. So we... Uh, Wife gets COVID and trip gets canceled. So I took these two days anyway so I could take care of the baby, help with the baby, and uh, my wife can get some work done. So, Yes, so much like the NFL is seeing right now, the Eggy, uh, the Eggy family south is now currently in lockdown as my sister-in-law, Chris's wife, was uh, popped positive on a COVID test, a breakthrough test. (laughs) Yes, breakthrough case, that is, because those things are not breakthrough at all. But, yes, she was fully vaccinated, still contracted it. But you said she's doing okay, which is good. That's what we want to hear. And the baby and the rest of the family is doing all right? Yes. All right. Well, So what we haven't haven't seen, I know – this is not a a COVID podcast, but nah, it's it's around everywhere. What are you going to do? It's the life, good man. news. The good news from what I've seen at work, having to deal with this on a daily basis, is we have yet to come across someone who had the virus, then was vaccinated, then got the virus again. Most uh, all the people that have gotten it at work in uh, or living at my facility. They had never had the, the virus, even though they were vaccinated. So it's a weird, uh, it's a weird path, I guess, that this virus is taking. But from what I've seen, it it seems like even if you're vaccinated, you can get the virus. But yes, that that's a fact. You're, you're healthy, but the people who have had the virus then got vaccinated, none of them have popped positive yet. Right. So, and Allie's that same case. She had COVID in January, actually December. Then she got uh, the Pfizer shot, so she had the double shot. And she falls in that same classification you're referring to where articles that I have read basically have stated that scientists, pharmacists, you know, virologists, whatever a virologist is actually called. I think there's a different terminology for it. But they all believe that the people that have contracted COVID and gotten the shot 
are basically a Sherlock to not get it a second time. Although, I don't know if there's actually been a lot of second cases. I haven't heard of that many. I think that Lamar Jackson could have been one, right? Because he no, had it last year. he was year never vaccinated. He was never vaccinated. No, no, no. I understand. I know he's not vaccinated, but I'm saying the question becomes, can you get COVID twice, right? And that's what oh, it, that that's the question yeah. that's still out. But people that do get the vaccine, like you were mentioning, they don't get sick or severely sick, um, but they can contract it. I, that's and yeah. the NFL seeing that left and right, and obviously when the NFL player who's vaccinated pops positive, they can come back to work so long as they provide the two tests within uh, 48 hours that are negative. Then they can return to form. Yeah. So, but there's nothing wrong about talking about. Co- co- I've talked about COVID way more on the pod uh, in the recent past than I care to talk. I just talked about it last night, or uh, this morning, that is, um, because I, you know, what are you going to do? You, there's no way to get around it, and you have everybody and their brother talking about it, such as Jerry Jones. Uh, there's more cases that pop every single day, so you can't get away from it. But I'm glad that she's doing good. Uh, and then you you had had it last year, so you have not contracted it. You had it, and you got double vaxxed, so or double shot vaccination. So you're good. You you're in the clear. Yeah, we got the Moderna. I don't know really. The jury's out on if one's uh, more or or better suited to resist the virus again. You know, I, I don't know. There really isn't any study out there that can prove that but we got the Moderna shot yeah I we're all just guinea pigs in this whole thing so we will find out as the years go on which one is more effective if there is one that's more effective uh, I will say that nobody talks about the Johnson and Johnson shot anymore that thing is basically in the toilet oh no we had yeah of the for that's that's the perfect noise for that perfect sound bit because uh nobody even talks about it anymore you never hear about we it. had we had, I think, 16 now or 15 positive cases uh, in the female program. And of the 15, I think four or five were vaccinated. And three of those five were Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. So, like I said, it's an ongoing ongoing experiment that we have all partook in. Uh, partook in, partaken, part, uh, whatever. We're all involved with. And the NFL is actually probably ground zero right now for a lot of it because at least regular people, you know, us in general pop, we're not testing every day. I mean, I think you do because of your work situation, but I haven't taken yeah. a test. So Allie hasn't taken a test. That's my wife and our, our two kids don't. But NFL players, they got to take a test all the time. That's why you keep seeing all the all these positive tests pop up left and right. Oh, my nose is raw from from shoving that thing up there like every other day. You know, when they gave me when they gave me the COVID nineteen test, they didn't really stick it up that much. I was like, Are you sure you are not supposed to stick it up farther? <sighs> no, it's supposed to go as far as you, like it's supposed to hurt. And it is I mean, after like I i I'm maybe I'm a month into testing every two days, every three days. Like when you like, it just—I I feel like I'm like ripping off a scab when you when you get up there. Oh, it's horrible. That's brutal. 
It's horrible. Yeah, that does not sound fun. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to take it uh, at all. Um, well, I mean, at least not as much as you do, if ever. I'm probably take one at some point down the road, I'm sure, uh, because it doesn't look like this thing's going away. But anyway, all right. So, uh, you know, all the uh, COVID aside, uh, let's hop into some NFL news and notes here. We'll start off, we'll just do a couple of injuries. Now we're recording this around 6 o'clock on Thursday. So Cowboys' Dak Prescott, he has come back to practice, and he will not have any more limitations on his practice activity, at least according to his offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. So now you, as a Dak Prescott owner, does that make you feel better hearing from Kellen Moore that there will be no more limitations on Mr. Prescott in practice? Do you trust that at all? I, I mean, I, look, he fell into this. He fell to the sixth round. I, I couldn't pass up. No a guy. I, I get a you. Year, yeah, like a year ago, he was on pace for as crazy as it sounds in a seventeen-game season. If you project it out, it was he was on pace for like seven thousand yards. So yeah. uh, he's going to have it in completions. But look, I had Ceedee Lamb. I picked up in the fourth round. I thought it was going to be a magic pair. I'm I'm a little nervous, and hence the reason I I you know I went and tried to pair up Calvin Ridley with Matt Ryan, who's really not that good in fantasy, but he has his good weeks and bad weeks. But to answer your question, it makes me feel neither way. Like I'm I'm on the fe- I'm still on the fence when when uh, the offense coordinator says there's no more limitations. I, I like to see how he is the first week of the season. I think everybody yeah. does, and then we can make a full... I mean, he only threw 12 passes yesterday, and now all of a sudden today he's back to no limitations. It's, I mean, yeah. you know, 12 passes and, and he's okay? I'm sorry. This is one of those stories that, you know, you hope you don't see it because obviously the more quarterbacks in the league that perform at a high level, the better off we all are as fans of the game. But this is just something that you feel like all of a sudden it's going to be a couple of weeks in and and boom goes the dynamite. As you find out that, you know, something else is going on with his shoulder. Hope that's not the case. But anyway, Dak Prescott, no more limitations according to Kellen Moore. Uh, the Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. He participated in 11-on-11 drills today. So he is back, coming back from that ACL. Uh, Any thoughts on, well, you know what? Why don't we save OBJ? Because today we're going to be talking about wide receivers in fantasy. So we'll touch on OBJ later, but he has returned to practice. Saquon Barkley, he also has returned to practice. He's also battling an ACL. He was in joint practices today with the Patriots, took part in 7-7s and 11-on-11s. Uh, speaking of the Patriots, everybody in the brother is enamored with Mac Jones. Chris, have you watched the preseason games? I, I, I did. As much as I, I, I don't want to, I, I felt I had to due to the fantasy draft that happened last week and the one that's coming up this weekend. But I don't watch the, I don't watch the the preseason to see the offense, but more to watch the defense for our IDP leagues. Sure. Like I, I, I pay way more attention. The, the defensive players actually, like the starters, actually play. Yeah, I, I, I love Judon, and I don't think anybody picked him up in our league, did they? No, they I didn't. Think, I was yeah, looking yeah. at him, but he's still floating out there. He's looked good in preseason, as has the kid out of Purdue. I think it's his third or fourth year, Bentley. Yes. 
He's yes. flying all over the. He used to be fifty-one, and now he's number eight. So he looks like a you know a big safety out there, but he's actually a linebacker. He just changed his number, um, and he was flying out there. But I've watched a bunch of the Patriot games. Look, Mac Jones looks good. You can't say that he doesn't. I don't think that he's run any kind of crazy offense though. I mean, it just. I looks- think he, he's their no. He's their future, but. We all know Bill Belichick, and I cannot imagine Bill Belichick's going to allow the Patriots to pay Cam Newton to sit on the bench. So, well, I don't think they they got him on the cheap, right? I mean, they didn't really pay that much for him. He signed another one-year deal. Uh, But Belichick doesn't do things for no reason, like ever. No, I agree with you. That's yes, I I hear what you're saying. I agree. He has a reason to keep him now. Is he maybe Cam Newton? And this might be crazy, but maybe Cam Newton is going to turn into a Taysom Hill, where they're going to bring him in when they get down to the ten yard line and let him just kind of force his way into the end zone, which really hurts the stock of Damian Harris. But sure, is, is that is that what's going to happen? Like that team's not bad. That team's not bad. And and regardless of of who the quarterback is. Would Cam agree to that? Would like I, I don't know. Would he be a good soldier and take on a role such as that? Hey, Cam, you're going to be backup. You're basically going to be the Taysom Hill of the Patriots. I I mean, honestly, don't you think he wants a ring? I don't know what he wants. I, I look when they lost Brady and Newton was floating out there. I thought it was a no brainer and a good shot by them to take a flyer on him. Then. Obviously, it was a COVID year. He got COVID. A lot of things went wrong right after a lot of things were going right. So it was a complete about face and a complete car crash in the middle of the year. Going into this year, the talk all was, oh, yeah, well, he's going to have a full off season. He has last year to work on. He's going to be back at full health. And I agree with all of that. And I agree with what you were saying originally about how Belichick usually has a plan, right? So he didn't go after Cam Newton twice because he just needed a guy. I, I too, think that he went after Cam Newton because he has something, obviously, in his mind that he wants to do with him. Uh, I guess the question becomes, is he getting the kind of performance that he needs out of him to do that? And if he's not, then does he default and go to Mac Jones? Now, I think Mac Jones has looked great. Completely agree with everybody and their brother. He, he's looked better than all the other rookie quarterbacks. Zach, Zach Wilson's looked okay, but, I mean, way more consistent than Trey Lance, um, way more consistent than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's had better players and a better system around him, too. I just I, I can't get on board with the Mac Jones thing until the regular season starts. I just like to say he looks good. I don't like to say he needs – everybody's been clamoring for him to take the starting position from day one and that he's, you know, this rock-solid prospect. Nobody's even, they don't even have tape on him yet. No. You know, they get tape on him in the first four weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden what happens in week five? That, that's what I want to see. Well, the big thing is recently Cam's been out with this whole miscommunication with the COVID. Yeah, he, he screwed up something with the test. So Mac Jones is getting to, he's getting the opportunity to play against, I think that's the, I mean, I think it's the Giants, it's the Giants, right? yeah. They're, they're doing the joint practices, getting ready for this, the preseason finale. Uh, week right, three. and so everyone's clamoring about that, 
he's killing the Giants' defense in practice. Oh, it's all okay. you heard today. That's all you heard today. Mac Jones, 21 for 23, 18 straight completions. Everybody and their brother looks good. And that's where I was going with this is that now, uh, along with everybody and their brother saying that uh, Mr. Jones is performing well, it, now <laughs> the Patriots' backup quarterback, Brian Hoyer, decides to say that he is impressed with him and his quote-unquote mental capacity. Yes, yeah. mental, mental capacity. That's what everybody's looking at right now. I see Mac Jones and I say mental capacity. Really off the charts. So anyway, he's got another fan. Is one of his competitor backups? I, I guess Mac Jones, uh, not Mac Jones. Uh, Brian Hoyer. He, he's just accepted the fact he's never playing. Right? I mean, he's done. He's going to be a backup for the rest of it. Um, all right. So he gets paid millions to never get hurt. A lot. He he does he does get paid a lot. Uh, other players coming back from injury. Cortland Sutton. He's coming back from ACL tear. He he hurt himself. What was it? Week one last year. Week one, week three, it was early in the season. Yeah, it was early. It was. I'm not sure exactly what week. So he had a monster 2019, and then he missed almost all of last year uh, with the ACL tear. He's coming back, and he returned to practice. But then talking about people going down in practice, Rams DL Inchwan, uh, uh, Sean Robinson. Come on, Rich. Don't, don't start stammering right out of the gate. We're only about 17 minutes in here. Um, anyway, uh, Ashawn... I'm not going to be able to say it. I'm just going to say Robinson uh, going to have knee surgery. He was a, slated to be a starter. He's going to be out a few weeks. So that's it for the injuries. Flipping over to other news, we'll stay in Los Angeles where the Rams coach Sean McVay says Sony Michelle's role won't impact Daryl Henderson. How do you feel for Daryl Henderson owners right now? I, I don't know. McVay came out and said that it doesn't change uh, Darrell, Daryl, whatever, however you say it, Henderson's outlook for the season. But that's that one's so just Daryl, right? That one's just Daryl Henderson. Have I? I, I don't think I, is it Darrell? It's Darrell Williams and Daryl Henderson. Is yeah, I think it's it Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson. So I, it doesn't change his outlook for the season, according to McVeigh. But that's a crock of shit. We all know that. Like they wouldn't have traded for Michelle. If, well. I wonder if it's more of a uh, reflection of the faith he has in the backups more so than anything related to Henderson. Because, right, I mean, it, people were jumping all over Xavier, Xavier Jones and, uh, and, and Funk in fantasy trying to figure out which one of those was going to be the backup, right? Yeah. And yeah, now... Funk and, and Jones, yeah. It was Funk and Jones, right? Uh, it, yeah. It, people that were, and now all of a sudden, you know, they go and they trade for Michelle, and I wonder if it's just, hey, you know, Funk and Jones are okay, but you know, we can't really rely on them if Henderson is to go down, so we've got to go and, and pick up somebody else. So they go and trade for Michelle in a contract year, uh, nonetheless. So, which is weird. I mean, they gave up so, crapo picks. I mean, they gave up. So a this is sixth and a this fourth. Is, I have a, a re- ridiculous story that is really only going to matter to me and you. Sure. But funny, I, I, irony. Make uh, it funny. It better be funny. You've just advertised it. It's it's kind of silly, kind of funny, kind of oh ironic. God, silly. Woo. So <laughs> right, you were on. playing Tecmo Super Bowl yesterday. Yes, I was. Yes. The Super and Nintendo version. Right? That was Tecmo Super Bowl. That was Tecmo Super Bowl. There was Tecmo Bowl, and and then there was. So, what was the second? 
Uh, so Tecmo. that's the big that's the big thing. It's funny you can actually read articles about it. Is it Tecmo Super Bowl or was it Super Tecmo Bowl? I think it's it was Tecmo. Super. Was it Super Tecmo, Tecmo Bowl? I think it's Tecmo Super Bowl. So there were two Tecmo Super Bowls. There was Tecmo Bowl. That was the first one. NES. That was with Bo Jackson. And then there was. Uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. That was the second one where you had a bigger playbook. Yes. And then they had a follow-up to that on the Super Nintendo. Okay. So that's the game I'm about to talk about. They had a third one where you could actually create players. Uh, Could you? I don't remember. I I just remember playing it. it, I remember it was really good, but I guess the, the Tecmo Bowl era had kind of passed. All right, remember we used to have, it was Tecmo Super Bowl Three, is what it was called. Really? So, oh, wow. Yeah. So remember we used to have in our basement, we used to have that old wooden box TV? Yes, yeah, yeah. Which used to be and really so, classy back in the day. Right, right, right. And we had the Super Nintendo hooked up to it. Yes, downstairs. So, downstairs, yes. So, long story short, you could create players in that league. And so like you can name your own player and then you could build stats on that player. It was kind of like a, a Yeah, I'm kind of remembering it. I just remember it was very entertaining and it was it was a very w- well received game by people that oh, actually still were in it. It was. Right, right. And it was kind of 3D but wasn't 3D. It was like more of a, Yes. It, it wasn't was, flat. It, it was, was not flat. Yes. There was more a little more depth to the Right. There was like a great it was like a graded surface. So I created, I used to use the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. And I created a running back. And what do you think the running back's name was? I don't remember, but now that you're saying, I think I created myself and put myself in the game. Right. I think I did. did. I put myself number 44 and I put myself in the game. Right. I I don't remember. Who did you create? My player's name was G Funk. Was it G Funk? His last name was Funk. And there's actually a Funk. Uh, there's a funk playing for the Rams. Yes, there, there I, is now. I, like the, the odds of that, the odds of that. If he turns out to be the starting running back at some point, uh, I like. I need to sit on him in a league. Just, just have him, just for for shits and giggles, and just sit on him. Yeah, you have some kind of clairvoyance. Uh, you, I wish you could bring that kind of futuristic view to the gambling side. And, you know, yeah. lock in some kind of crazy thing for, you know, 10 years ago or 10 years from now. Because that would be, you know, that would be what? That would be basically uh, Back to the Future 2 in real life. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So, G-Funk, previously 20 years ago on your Super Tech Mobile team, now currently actually on the Rams. Same team. <laughs> so ridiculous. Go figure. It's the irony of that is is just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> well, if Sony Michelle was on that team back 20 years ago, I don't think G Funk would have been playing because I don't think uh, no. Mr. Funk is going to be playing this year now no. with his arrival. But he'll I, be on the practice squad. But whatever. I, running backs are a dime a dozen nowadays. They could just rip through all of them and then just cycle through. And we could be dealing with Xavier Jones and and uh, Funk. So Jake Funk, great name though. I mean, I, I can't say it enough. Jake Funk. 
Um, all right, so that's for the Rams. Uh, Titans, they lost their quarterback today. So the Titans are out, everybody, right, uh, due to COVID. It started with their coach. Uh, once he went down, all of a sudden the dominoes started going. So today it was quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He's out due to the COVID protocols. Did they say whether or not he was vaccinated or not? I did not read that. I think he is because I think he had a problem and said he didn't really want to get vaccinated, but he did because he, but he did because the NFL was making it uh, so tough if you were not to because you could lose those ten days. So, um, well, whatever. So he, he's out now, and I think um, yesterday they lost uh, another player. Uh, who was it? Harold Landry, right? I think it was the linebacker. Uh, he went down due to COVID protocol as well. So, I mean, they're just going one by one down the Titan roster. Starting from the top, Mike Rabel. All starts there. So, the tone from the top is get COVID in Tennessee. Uh, and then the Patriots, they traded for a cornerback today. They sent a 2022 seventh rounder and a 2023 fifth rounder to the Ravens intra-conference trade here for Sean Wade, who was the Ravens fifth round pick this year. So the Patriots see something out of the old Ohio State Buckeye, if I remember correctly. Enough that uh, Mr. Belichick wants to bring him into camp. And so that's basically all of the news and notes for today, at least the past uh, 24 hours uh, since I had recorded a podcast last. So um, with that said, did you actually, before we start talking about fantasy football and the wide receivers, have you been following your Raiders story at all? I don't know. They're broke. They lost. Now, now they hired a law firm to do an internal investigation as to why they lost four of their top executives in the matter of two weeks. Well, and remember we were talking about that last I, I time know, we were on, I and I said, why would the controller quit? Right? It made no sense why the controller would quit. Well, it looks like you guys are in some tax trouble. That, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like the the city of Oakland gave you guys a mega mega loan, and then deemed it forgiven. Uh, it basically, you just don't worry about it. Don't pay us back. You can keep it as cash, which then becomes I, income. And then you know, obviously, Uncle Sam wants a piece of that. So I don't know what they're doing. They're, I don't. They're they're, they're worth. They're, I mean, dude, they're like top ten sports franchise. But worth doesn't mean anything, I guess. Like, like what they're worth doesn't mean shit when they got to pay the bills. Well, here's what I keep thinking about. If there is such financial trouble like this, and all of a sudden the IRS starts knocking at your door for a big bill, right? Not like a small bill, a big bill. I, I mean, is this going to be something where their, their hand is just forced and you know, Davis family has to sell the, the member club? Never. I mean, I take a, take out a loan against their business. It's, it's, they'll never do that. He'll never. The Davis family will never sell. Not not two years into moving into Vegas, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know enough about the financial aspects of it. I don't know about the, the their network. I'm just. 
I'm just spitballing because I just keep thinking, okay, look, everybody's saying that they have financial troubles. Now they have something really significant going on to the point that it's tax-related and you just had four higher execs just leave, up and leave, including a controller who was there 20 months. She was only there 20 months. She had nothing to do with whatever happened in the past, so she could have just stayed. She could have just not left. Right? I mean, she, she could have stayed. It could have been a good gig for her, but she said she was a CPA and went get her ethics and all this other stuff, and she thanked him and peaced out. So, anyway, that was, uh, I just wanted to see if you were following up on that because that could be a good thing for you. I mean, getting the Davis family out of there would be a great thing for the Raiders. I, dude, they're, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they would lose money with an NFL franchise the dumbest thing I've ever heard but whatever it is what something it is. else is going on and I only know one thing to be true about your Raiders your organization's terrible give me terrible. a hell yeah that's true uh, all right. worse than the NFL so let's get to the steak and potatoes of the podcast as we head out to fantasy land we have already chopped up the quarterbacks in session one of our fantasy talk. Then we ripped up the running backs, which leaves us with our wide receivers and tight ends because uh, the leagues that we conduct, we combine the wide receiver and tight end position. And I don't even think that if you were to separate them, tight ends are really worthwhile talking about. I mean, there's, what, four maybe that are worthwhile, and the rest is kind of just, uh, I mean, it, 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 everything's a guess, right? A I, lot I'm, of people have been talking about like a top six because they're throwing Pitts in there, they're throwing Hawkinson in there, they're throwing Andrews in there. Uh, which they may come around, but unless you have uh, tested data I don't know how you can really say, oh, yeah, they're going to perform without ever seeing them really reach that potential, right? I mean, Hawkinson had a good 2020, um, but, you know, is he going to go past that level? You know, I, I mean, you look at it, and as we begin to talk about our rankings here, we'll just talk about the tight ends real quick as individual as an individual position. So... It's Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller, right? I mean, that's it. And then everybody after that, to me, feels like a mix mosh of middle of the road guys. Maybe they you get a breakout. Maybe the guy that you picks out busts. Is there anybody outside of the top three who catches your eye? Everybody's talking about pits, man. Okay, and I love the talent. Again, without seeing Pitts actually play professional football, I I can't I can't be big on him. I, I mean if I was I take a flyer on him in a tight end specific league, uh, if I don't know, it was a little bit later. But here okay, so if people are big on Pitts, let me throw this one at you. Would you go Pitts over any of these guys? Mark Andrews, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, and Mike Jacecki. Just picked out a whole bunch of guys. Would I take him over those people? Yes. Uh, I would probably take him over Gusecki. Uh, well, Gusecki's pretty good, but he was good with Fitzpatrick. He wasn't so good with Tua. So I would take him over Gusecki. Goddard is garbage if Ertz is still playing. 
he's just not worth it. They're splitting. What, 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 yeah, last year he, he didn't do much. In 11 games, he had 65 targets, 46 receptions for 524 yards. About 11 yards a catch, three touchdowns. I, this is, this is going to be a tough thing because did Ertz agree to stay and just be a blocker while Goddard runs routes? They have no other receivers on that team. I mean, Devontae Smith, great. Uh, an unproven Heisman Trophy winner who has already been hurt in, in training camp. So... I honestly, they they don't have another receiver, so maybe Goddard is okay. But who was the third one you said? I'm sorry, I can't. For, I can't. Remember. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so I'm throwing Kyle Pitts against. Uh, we did Jacecki, you did Goddard. You're taking Pitts over the two of them. Mark Andrews, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson. Mark Andrews, I'll put ahead mainly because Lamar Jackson has nobody reliable to throw the ball to. Uh, not to mention half his entire wide receiving core is hurt. Uh, I'll put Andrews ahead. Fant is maybe Bridgewater will be good. We we don't know what Fant will be with Bridgewater, right? No, like, and Fant is, just got injured too, so he just got banged right. up yesterday or the day before. So I'm gonna put I'm Hawkinson's gonna be behind mainly because Jared Goff. Could be good. Was supposed to, last year was supposed to be the quarterback that throws the ball to his tight end. Everybody got all excited about Higby, and then Higby didn't pan out because Goff didn't throw him the ball. So is Goff going to throw the ball to Hawkinson in Detroit? I'm not going to bank on it. But the reason I think I'm so high on uh, Pitts and why most of the industry is high on Pitts is because there's Calvin Ridley. And then there's nothing, right? There's nothing. And uh, Matt come on, Ryan, Russell Gage? You're not going to give Russell yeah, right. Gage any love? Right. Sure. Uh, 20, 20, 20th round pick is what Russell Gage is. Mike but, Davis out of the backfield? Because he's yeah, known right. to grab a right. ton, of, ton of receptions. We know Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball 600, 650 times this year. It's just going to happen. So somebody's got to catch the ball. There's got to be targets for pits. And they say he's like a receiver playing tight end. So, yeah, how could you not? I mean, opportunity, right? Opportunity is what you look for in fantasy. That's that's Pitts. He has opportunity. So does Andrews. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I would definitely take him on a flyer above some of these guys. But, again, if I was doing a tight end specific league, if I didn't get one of the top three, uh, Kelsey, Kittle, or Waller, I'm grabbing my tight end way down the line because I think all these guys just end up becoming, uh, you know, swimming in the same pool of talent here. There are some people I would look at and take flyers on ahead of others um, if they're all equal. Like Jonu Smith, I'm really interested to see because he had a couple of games for Tennessee where he just looked fantastic. And now he's with Belichick in a system where Belichick likes to use the tight end. And so, I know Hunter I mean, Henry's the, there too, but Hunter Henry yes. always gets fucking hurt and he's hurt again. That's what I was going to say. They they brought in both Henry and the last time the New England Patriots had two tight ends that were this talented was when they had Hernandez and Gronk. And both of those guys successfully uh, achieved fantasy greatness at one point or another during those seasons. 
I don't Aaron think... Hernandez always successfully shot somebody. Yeah. More than one person. I think he killed numerous people. Was it two? Well, I forget. But, uh, whatever it was. But regardless, so I think they both can have relevance, but more of a best ball league than a redraft league, right? Like you're going to yeah, want yeah, them because gotcha. they're going to each blow up at different points. I don't, I don't think. Uh, you're never going to be able to tell which game is which. Yeah, I would. I would just lean on Johnu Smith over Hunter Henry, only because Henry to me is just tainted goods. He just, he's always injured, and he performs well when he's in there. He's injured again now. Uh, Johnu Smith, he, I don't know. He, he kind of was like an untapped resource, and it looked like he got better. And he's still young, so. Uh, Evan Ingram would be another one uh, tight end that I would take a flyer on, only because contract year. Uh, you know, when he looks good, he looks really, really good. It's just for whatever reason, both the offenses have not been able to continually use him. And then whenever they did decide to finally try to feature him, he ends up getting a case of the dropsies, so, which, is, which has hurt him. But I think, you know, of all the guys floating around in the middle there after the top three, I mean, Smith and Ingram – you know, I, I don't know. I, they catch my eye more than some of these other guys. You know, Irv Smith, Robert Tanyan. You know, like, okay, I'll take them later in the draft. Who cares? They're all kind of the same. I'm not even that high on um, Kittle. I'm worried about Kittle. Everyone's drafting him third. I, he, I don't know. He gets hurt a lot, too. He does get banged up when he plays. He plays. I, you know, 2018, he had almost 1,400 yards on 88 receptions, five touchdowns. Uh, the following year, he had 85 catches for 1,000 yards, but that was in two less games. Um, and then last year, he only played eight games. Uh, he had 48 receptions, 634 yards, two touchdowns, but he did average 13 and 13.2 carries, which was the second most yards per catch. Uh, of his past four years, right? Uh, 2018 was his monster year. But, you know, yards per catch last year was the next best one of the past four years. Yeah, 2018. That's three years. Yeah. Three years ago. True that. True that. But, I mean, you throw out last year because last year he was hurt. So, you know. Um, And I'm trying to remember 2019. Didn't he come back from injury, right? He was hurt the first two games and then he came back? I'm... I can't remember. I mean, he's good. I, I thought, you know, like he's good. It's just I'm not targeted. He's not someone I'm going to target in in our tight end premium leagues. It's just it's, it's just not going to happen. Right. I got you. All right. So anyway, that was the tight end position on its own. So let's rock and roll with like what we were saying. The wide receivers and the tight ends combined as one big population. And we will do our tiers. Uh, This one, I will be honest, I have a tier one, tier two, tier three are very selective. And then my tier four just kind of goes into everybody. Uh, I kind of just let it fly at that point. I, I did try to rank them best I could. But I didn't really go and draw a line into like tier four to the rest. Because, I mean, there is a lot of wide receiver talent, I feel like, this year. Way more than running back. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. For the purpose of this conversation, I will will dabble into my tier four. But but once you get past, I mean, 
literally tier five might be the last time I look at a wide receiver. Like I'll give you a for instance. My tier six has Jarvis Landry. I have, I have zero interest in him. Brandon Cooks is great, but Brandon Cooks without Deshaun Watson is what? You know, like nobody knows what he is. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you don't know. He, he did have a great year last year. But uh, I mean, yeah, but that's great with Deshaun Watson, who led the league in passing yards. Right, right, right. I, I'm with you. So I, it's tough. It's tough. The wide receivers are so much talent. This is why running backs are so important this year early. Like you got to get a running back early, or else you're going to. Well, screw they're just yourself. gone after a while. I mean, you're in like the third round. They're all gone. They're all gone. All gone. I wound up with Aaron Jones as my starting running back, and then Kareem Hunt as my my RB two, which is fine. And then uh, my backups, I got the the Buffalo backfield, hoping. I know. I saw that you did that. Hoping Singletary or Moss, one of them stands out. I'm hoping Moss stands out. I'm hoping Moss turns into a beast, but it's not looking that way so far. No, and I did something similar in regard to the running backs because I picked up uh, David Johnson and Philip Lindsay to lock up the entire uh, Texans right. background, the backfield. But I, I, I was I was a little concerned when I did that because what I really wanted to do was I wanted to get uh, Ramonde Johnson uh, Stevenson out of New England because I picked up Damian Harris. And watching Stevenson play in the preseason, he plays really well, plays strong, and he gets a lot of touches, which makes me think that Belichick's going to try to feature him. And Belichick has no problem benching a, a running back if they're not living up to their name, up to the billing. So I, I ended up going, getting Lindsey, and he took up the roster spot instead of Stevenson, and then Stevenson just got grabbed the other day when they made the Michelle trade. You picked up Sonny Michelle, and then somebody Cyrus, Cyrus picked up uh, Cyrus picked up yeah Stevenson Stevenson yeah. So, but the point being relevant for our discussion here is that the running back position this year is very thin. So when doing the tiers of wide receivers. You're kind of looking to grab the top of the litter, and then after that, I mean, you can just grab any of these guys, really, uh, if you like them, if you follow the team. I mean, obviously, some have better potential than others, but it's really kind of uh, a, a crapshoot. But All right, so why don't you go ahead, uh, kick off your Tier 1. Again, we will be including tight ends in this. At least I did. I don't know if you did. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, but really, like we were just talking about, there's only three we can. I'm actually going to mention in yep. my tiers. Yep, me too. I, I, I mean, we could, like I said, we could throw pits at the very end because I, in a wide receiver tight end flex league like we're in, where you can start, you don't have to start a tight end, you're really just taking a stab at people after those first three. So, uh, my tier one is going to have, and in, this is in no uh, specific order, but it's it's really preference, but it's Devontae Adams, obviously. Yep, check. Uh, Tyreek Hill, obviously. Check. Uh, Travis Kelsey, obviously. Uh, ooh, that's where we're going to differ, but that's okay. Oh, why? Because he's old? Um... No, no, no. I'll. Uh, I I didn't want to put both of them in tier one. 
So I have Kelsey as the leader of my tier two. So, okay. I mean, we're splitting so, hairs. So we are splitting hairs. But the reality of his situation is that for the past three years, I believe, I, I, I can't remember. Phenomenal the exact, numbers. Yeah. For the statistic I heard was that as a tight end, he still finished top ten as a wide, what a wide receiver would have finished in the past three years every year. So he's top 10 for wide receivers for the past three years in a row. Or, or Crazy numbers. Five years. Going back five years, he's got the number. But yeah, regardless. Well, I mean, these are, this is a, uh, a quick flip of his numbers for at least the past four years. So, looking at Travis Kelsey, starting in 2017, he had 43 for 515. Uh, that was in 15 games. Or Oh, I'm sorry. I, that's Kittle. I, I just flipped there. Okay, 2017. 15 games, 83 receptions, 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns. 2018, 150 targets, 103 in terms of reception for 1,300 yards, about 1,350. The 2019, 136 targets, 97 catches, 1,200 yards, 6 touchdowns. And then 2020, he had 145 targets, 105 catches, 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He's, so, it's stupid. It's stupid how, how, how much opportunity. He gets targeted more than like a Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, his targets are 125, 150, 136, 145 going from uh, farthest to nearest in terms of the years. I mean, if you look at yeah. other people with targets, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, 174, 163, 150, 160. You know, I, I mean, they're basically the same. They, they, he's, they on get, he's on pace to get as many targets or slash opportunity as any one of these top wide receivers, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, I mean, he gets more targets than... Well, I mean, there's a couple of game differences here. Um, he's got, like, two games, but I don't know if it'll matter. But, I mean, Devontae Adams, 2017 uh, up to 2020 in terms of targets, 117, 169, <laughs> 127, and 149. Uh, yeah. So, you know, he's getting wide receiver targets like you mentioned. Right, so more so, so than Tyree Kill, but Tyree Kill's a different kind of player. So, yes, well, Tyree Kill is is more of a deep threat, but uh, that's why he's in my my you know first year. Then you can't leave out Stefan Diggs, who led the league in every receiving category possible. I'm with you too. Um, Calvin Ridley, I, I'm with you too. I, I'm really intrigued to see if he can handle that true alpha wide receiver role? I, um, I've heard this question pop up a little. I don't understand it. Why wouldn't he? Because he's not the same player as, as like a Stefan Diggs. As like a Stefan Diggs or a, a Devontae Adams. I, I, maybe, maybe it's his size and strength. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just... So he was the 26 overall pick in 2018. So he's been in the league three years. Uh, he's had he's played you know so 2018 he played in 16 games. He had 64 receptions for 821 and 10 touchdowns. 2019 13 games. He had 63 receptions for 866 for seven touchdowns. And then last year when Julio 
pieced out because he was banged up all year. So people like me that drafted him like a dummy, we ended up having to watch Calvin Ridley throw up numbers such as 143 targets, 90 receptions, almost 1,400 yards, and nine touchdowns. He had 91, almost 92 yards a game. I mean, it was a monster season. So what's the difference? I don't understand. Julio wasn't there last year. He just, because they don't, they really don't have another talent to drag away double coverage. So I mean, he's going to get doubled. Yeah, well, he got doubled last year. Julio played how many games did Julio play last year? He played nothing, yeah. right? He played like five Cal- games. Ridley, if you break that down game by game by game, Ridley was real hot in the beginning of the season and was not so hot near the end. Julio played nine games last year. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot I, of people I, fade. I, he's there. He's there. I drafted him. Like, yeah, no, no, there. I got I you. Him. I'm just. Like, it, I, I don't understand the question because I've heard it by multiple people from you know podcasts and articles and the rest, and I just don't. I, I think he's a stud. Here's why: Devontae Adams, we've seen him do it. Tyree Kill, we've seen him do it. Stephon Diggs, we've seen him do it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's another one in my, in my tier one, uh, we've seen him do it. You're not going to agree with me on my the last guy I have in here, but uh, did you say Hopkins in tier one? Yes. Oh, okay. I got him too. Go ahead. But we've seen all those guys do it. We have not seen Calvin Ridley be the alpha male yet. Except for last year. Yeah, it was, I guess it was, yeah, sure, sure. A lot of, a lot of targets, a lot of opportunity could have made, I mean, led the, led the league in air yards from, from what I heard on another podcast. So he had the opportunity but catching 90 balls out of 150 is not good. Maybe if he caught 110 out of 150, right? If he caught 105, like... I'm, I'm, ju- if- I'm looking at the per-game yardage for last year. The only people that were ahead of him, he was at about 92 yards per game, were Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. And that was it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. I we mean, we all, are going to see. All, I just time will tell. I'm not. I'm not as cautious as you are. But okay. So yeah, Calvin I, Ridley is a wait and see for you. I got you. But like I said, I drafted him first round or second round. I love the dude. I I had him last year in your league. I think he's great. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, and then the last guy I have in here is AJ Brown. Yeah, I, that one. <laughs> Uh, I knew you weren't going to agree. I knew you weren't going to agree with him. But if he stays healthy and if he plays the way I think he's going to play, with the help from Julio Jones on the other side taking away some coverage, AJ Brown's really good. I mean, I've watched him play. I've watched his his highlight reels, and and he's. I've never. I, I, I didn't agree with my own statements until this off season, and. I think this is going to be a year. I, he could be wide receiver one in my mind. Like he could wind up by the end of the year being wide receiver one, as opposed to, as opposed to he has a really uh, he does have a, a lower floor than these other guys. Uh, but what do you mean wide receiver one? You consider Julio Jones the wide receiver one right now for Tennessee? No, he could wind up being the WR one in fantasy. Oh, like the top. Oh, I don't know. That that's a little. Here's my 
my cautious approach toward AJ Brown. I he's I I like the bigger wide receivers so long as they're athletic, of which he's both. Um, I am just a little cautious because I feel like he might be a little too big, a little too slow. You know, I, I like his performance so far through two years. Uh, his rookie year, he had 52 catches for about 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. And then last year, he had 70 catches for a, a little bit more uh, than 1,000 yards with 11 touchdowns. I just, his ceiling to me is what I think is limiting because I is he going to put up numbers like... 1,400 yards or 1,500 yards. I, you know, I'm looking at some stuff on Diggs, but 1,500 yards up last year. Can he do something like that? I mean, he played in 14 games last year. He played in 16 the year before and didn't crack 1,100. No, I, I don't think he's going to be that type of guy. I think he's going to be a Tyree Kill type of guy. I think he's going to he's going to catch the ball and make some moves after I and I think know. he's 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 going to be a yards after catch guy. He's going to be a yak guy, as uh, what's his name always talks about. I actually liked him a lot more sans Julio Jones. I like. Oh my god, he was he was top three. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about top three, but I mean, I I definitely liked oh, him was, more. Um, I liked I liked him more than I liked Tyree Kittle, to be honest. Whoa, whoa, oh boy! It's about to get all stupid up in here. Yeah, that was before. That was before Julio. though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Still, um, Tyreek's still got to deal with, with Tyreek's got to deal with Kelsey. Yeah, but he, he just he oh, look Hill. Here's his past four years. He's got 1,200 yards, 1,500 yards. 860, he was also banged up for four games, and then 1,200 yards. I mean, with seven seven touchdowns, 13 touchdowns, seven touchdowns, 17 touchdowns last year. I, I mean, Brown's not 17 touch- touchdowns. You don't think there's going to be a regression from 17 touchdowns? No. I, I, look, I, I think that he hit top numbers there. I just, comparing A.J. Brown to Hill, I think the only reason that Brown would catch him is if Hill just gets banged up. Otherwise, I mean, Hill always gets his numbers, which is, you know, I, I hate picking him because he's, he is a colossal piece of shit. I, I, I never pick him. I've never, I don't, I've never had him. I've had him, and he's fantastic. It's just, there'll be weeks that he's just either hurt or he's absent, but he always makes it up in other weeks. Um, I just don't like picking him because he's got a lot of history that I, I don't necessarily agree with, but whatever, it's fantasy football. You're trying to get a W. So, um, all right, so... All right, so... You, so you're tier get... one. I'm with you with with Adams, Hopkins, Diggs, Ridley, and Hill. Those are my top tier. You included two that I did not in the top tier, and that was Kelsey and A.J. Brown. Not a big deal. Not a lot of difference. All right, I know... We, we have to move past it, but just let me just say this last thing. Go ahead. So, A.J. Brown got outscored by Tyreek Hill by 70 points last year. A.J. Brown missed two games, plus he got hurt in the one game, so he only played for, like, a couple snaps. All right, so give if him he, 20, 20 points a game, and that's an extra 40. That's an extra 40. That puts him up to, to 290. Right. If you take away, because Tyreek Hill is not going to have 17 touchdowns. If you take away 
four of those touchdowns, give him 13 for the year, you have a dead heat okay. between Tyreek and AJ. I see you. I, I see what you're doing. So I'm picking up so what you're that, putting down. But once again, this was, you know, we're, we're kind of talking at the side of our, our mouth here because it doesn't matter because now there's Julio Jones. He's definitely going to steal targets. I, I, Tannehill's going to have to throw the ball more for AJ to meet it. But this is why it's a projection. This is why he's in my top, my tier one. Unless it evens out because Rabel just dials up the offense more. You would think that getting Julio Jones. Now, Tannehill threw a bunch last year. You would think, and remember, they, they had uh, Davis that came along, and then he ended up capitalizing on that as he got a contract uh, here in East Rutherford. Well, I guess Florham Park with Jets. But I, I wonder if adding Julio would just help Vrabel extend the passing game more because you can't continually, year after year, just rely on Derrick Henry the way that they did last year and the year before. You know, you're going to have to... Sh- he's, not, he's not getting 400 touches again. Well, you just, there's no way. You have to continue to stretch the field, and they did stretch the field a little bit. But, you know... what? Kind of the uh, the old school approach that they've taken in the past couple of years has worked, but is it going to continue to work is my question. And I think that with Julio Jones there, maybe they do put a little bit more investment into the air game uh, versus the ground game this year, which would raise A.J. Brown's targets and along with Julio Jones's targets. So maybe that it's Julio's addition is what I'm trying to say is not that much of a net negative on A.J. Brown. But, uh, I, I mean, I have A.J. Brown in my second tier. So it's not far off. Now, I guess the, the second tier is where we differ. I'll take the second tier because you named all the guys in my top tier. And the way that I had them ranked, as I just said, was Adams, Hopkins, Diggs, Ridley, and Hill. That was in order. Uh, the second group here, I had Kelsey leading off. Then I had Justin Jefferson, DJ Mac- DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, and Darren Waller. And so that's where I drew the line between uh, Tier 2 and Tier 3. So I don't know how many more you have in Tier 2. You probably have a lot more because you had two extra in your Tier 1. Yeah, I definitely have more in Tier 2. Yeah, go ahead. I, you, I have both the Dallas receivers in there, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Oh wow! Okay, back to back. Yeah, I, I just I can't imagine they're not going to just sling the ball all year long. I have them in my three, so um, and I have Lamb ahead of Amari Cooper, but I do I do too. I have Lamb one spot ahead of him. Yeah. How about did you say Allen Robinson? I have Allen Robinson in tier two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Robinson is should be. I have Robinson, Keenan Allen, Jefferson, and Robinson at the top of tier two. Yeah, I have Jefferson. I have Keenan Allen. Uh, you had Robinson. Is that what you just said, Allen Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. As do I. Yeah. Waller. I have him. Yep. He's the last yep. guy of my tier two. Yep. He's last in tier two. Um, you got DK Metcalf, who you mentioned. Yeah. But the only other people that I had in here that you didn't talk about were. And, and this is pure uh, 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 theft, uh, to use the, the correct word. Everybody loves Terry McLaurin. 
I personally don't care about Terry McLaurin, but everybody seems to think Terry McLaurin yeah, he's a is, big name is, right now. is God's gift to the world. Well, so, and Fitzy, God, and Fitzy throws the, the ball. World. And Fitzy yes. throws the ball a shit ton. So yes. you, you have yes. a quarterback that just dials up numbers. So they're figuring he's going to be top top 15 in the league. So I threw him in there because they're, they're smarter than me. Those fantasy analysts are all smarter than me. And if they believe it and the oh, reports from, that. from all, Washington, uh, they're, they're all dumb as dog shit. Come on, you're the smartest have, guy there is have, out there. They have more connections than I could ever have. So, uh, And then the last guy in here, which I'm surprised you left out, was Mike Evans. Okay, um, well... It, the reason I left him out is because him, along with three of the guys you just mentioned, uh, fall into my tier three. Yeah. I just think Evans is going to continue to be Brady's target in the end zone. I mean, he's going to he's gonna look Evans' way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even, even with last year's fall-off, Evans put up solid numbers. And at the end of the season, it turned out that he had 70 catches on 109 targets for 1,000 yards and 13 touchdowns. That was yeah. through a full 16 games, though. So, um, you know, I, I mean, look, his numbers have been pretty consistent around 1,000 minus a big 2018 um, and where he had 1,500 yards uh, and eight touchdowns. I mean, he's usually good for about 1,000 to 1,100 1, yards and eight touchdowns, let's say. Um, and that's kind of what he got last year. Well, he was a lot more in the touchdown department. He had 13. So right. Now, Evans is getting so, a little old in the tooth, which is primarily why I put him in round three. Not to mention the ascension of Chris Godwin, because Godwin was really good down the stretch last year. Which very good. caused me a little bit of concern as to how that would continue on into 2021. I have Godwin at the top of my tier three. So I have – all right, so that was your round two. You had a lot more than I did. So um, you included Kelsey and Brown in your tier one, where I had them in my tier two. And then you included Evans, McLaurin, Lamb, and Cooper in your tier two. Those guys are all in my tier three. So my tier three went Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb. I put o Odell in the, in tier three. Chris Cooper, uh, uh, sorry, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, and Julio Jones. That's what I did. Now, Julio Jones was a big question mark to me because I don't know about his health. I'm assuming he's going to be healthy when I make this ranking. Odell Beckham, again, that was the one that I really struggled with putting into my third tier because he really, really has not produced since he left the Giants. And I don't know why I continually think he's going to return to years past, but I do. Kenny Galladay, the Giants just paid him a shit ton of money. So that guy, if he does not produce big numbers, then that's just a complete blow-up job right in Mr. Gettleman's face. So, I mean, Odell, I put him in there. Let's take away last year when he was hurt. 
2019 with the Browns, he had 74 receptions for 1,000 yards and four touchdowns. His final year of the Giants, where he was banged up and he only played 12 games, through 12 games, he had 77 receptions, 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns. So had he had four more games under his belt, you imagine he probably would be pushing 100 catches and, you know, maybe another two, 300 yards. So... You know, I thought that there was still some potential for Odell, and I'm just an Odell fan, so I threw him in my Tier 3. So, uh, four of the guys that you have in Tier 2, I have in my Tier 3, and going down, it goes Galladay, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, Odell Beckham, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, and Julio Jones. So, that is my Tier 3. Your Tier 3 must go really deep into my Tier 4. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you're, you're 100% correct. I think once you get past uh, the first couple rounds or, you know, we, we break it down into tiers, but once you get past the first couple rounds, it's it's kind of like a mishmash of where everyone should go. But the reality is when you get to, like, three and four, in my opinion, you're kind of picking from the same lot. We're just – our perspectives are a little different – and the leagues that people play in are a little different because there's half PPR and full PPR and um, a lot of potential guys switching teams, et cetera, et cetera. So, for instance, like in my tier three, I have Chris Godwin at the top. Yes, okay. And so then we match there. Right, like Michael Thomas is in here. Uh, I, you know what? I left Thomas off altogether. I, I have him in four, and that's only because he's not going to play all year. And I don't know what to make of the reports that he's going to come back week four or whatever it is. But even at that, I mean, you can see Jameis. If Jameis is the quarterback, and it looks like that's what it's going to Did they declare him? They didn't, right? I'm no, not, I'm not getting right. Said, that, hey, that's still hey, open. Hasn't said it, no. But you would imagine he would. He's going to stretch the field. Thomas was never a down the field kind of guy. No. So no, no, no. I had He's a lot like of questions. Over... But I, the reality is, is even if you get, a, let's say, a seventy five percent healthy Michael Thomas from week six through the playoffs, he still deserves at least. You know, a tier three consideration. He, sh- I mean, if he's healthy, he's top of tier two, in my opinion, below tier one. I just, but, I don't know anymore. You know, I mean, it was just, it was such a fall off from being so good to being so mediocre, and then with the the injury and the surgery, there's just too much question for me. I stayed away from Michael Thomas in our draft, and I looked at him a couple of times. And I just told myself I wasn't going to get involved in the the Michael Jones, uh, the Michael Thomas stakes. Yeah, he fell to like round eight or round nine. And I was going to take him at that point. And just I mean, he was crazy that. value at that point. I know, but then you're like you're sticking him on your IR, and then what's going to wind up happening is because he's IR, right, or is he pup? Oh, whatever. He's, he's out. IR. He's out. I think he's IR. Well. I forget I, the differentiation between. The but two. then, but then, like you stick them in the IR, spot and you don't have an IR spot for anybody who contracts COVID or uh, another player that has potential to come back, you know, even faster than a Michael Thomas. But whatever. 
So I, I have him there. I have Woods and Cup back to back here in tier three as well. We don't know what Stafford's going to look like in Los Angeles, but losing Cam Akers can only improve the value of those wide receivers. Yeah, so I like Woods. Cup, he ends up being beneficial to any team if you're in a full PPR because of the numbers. But without Goff there, I don't know if he'll be featured the same with Stafford, which is why I lean more toward Woods than Cup, given the fact that they've changed quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have Woods. I have Woods ahead of Cup. I, uh, these these guys all kind of bunching together. Like Woods reminds me, like Deontay Johnson's on my list as well. Deontay Johnson's very good. Everybody um, loves Deontay Johnson, and he definitely had a strong year last year. He had a ton of targets in the new offense: 144 targets, 88 receptions, 923 yards. Um. I mean, there's a lot to like there. Plus, he's only year three. Yeah, yeah, he's got he he kind of reminds me a little bit of Antonio Brown, but not you know not Antonio Brown. But he he, he gets the targets and his play is very similar to what Antonio Brown's was while in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I. I think the only thing that gives me hesitation about Deontay Johnson is that I did also like Claypool, but I think Deontay Johnson is definitely the higher target receiver. So, but I don't know, you know, I mean, historically speaking, Big Ben has loved to go to the deep receiver, and that's been the guy, right? Antonio Brown and... So you got Juju, you got Deontay Johnson, and you got Claypool. Now, of those guys, I would have said that it was Juju a year ago or two years ago. When, uh, Antonio Brown has been gone for two years now or just one? I can't even remember anymore. Two years. Two years. So when he first left, I was all over Juju because I thought that was a system. I, I thought that was a, a system play, and the Antonio uh, Brown re- – targets were going to go to Juju, and I was wrong. So for that reason, I tend to stay away from Johnson, but I understand what you're saying. He did look great all last year, and his numbers proved it. Yeah. And then another guy who's kind of like like Cooper Cup, well, hold, I, I would say. Well, hit the brakes real quick. Out of all of the Steeler receivers, do you like Johnson and none of the others? Or do you like the other two as well in different ways? I look at it as uh, uh, short targets, uh, you know, right over the top targets, the mid-range targets, the, the the possession receiver, and then I look at it as like the deep ball. I don't, I don't think that's how I break those three down. Like Claypool would be kind of the deep guy. Deontay Johnson's the possession, the the third down. Receiver, you know, the guy that always gets the mid-range targets. And then you got Juju, who's all of a sudden turned into this short, you know. He works way better out of the slot. Yeah, he just works better out of the slot for, for some reason. But he So he doesn't, he accumulates over time, but he's not, you know, what he was, what we thought he was. So, yeah, you, I, I, like to, I, like, I like the mid-range guy because Deontay's going to get a, a ton of targets. Ben's not going to throw along that much. I, I just can't see it. 
at this point. So do you like any of the other two along with Johnson or just Johnson on his own? Just Johnson. Okay. I um, think I think in a three-receiver league or a, a, a two plus a flex, Juju probably will have value at some point. One, I, I think Claypool's more of a best ball play. I don't think Claypool's going to be a consistent week in, week out. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Eight. I I think that he would be the one that would put up high numbers along with Deontay Johnson, where I, I don't know if Juju's going to see those games. He's not. Even though he's he had not. a couple last year. I don't I don't have his game log in front of me. but I see him averaging like eight catches for 50 yards, like 13 points. And maybe he'll he'll slide in, which is great for a WR3. You know, if, you, if, if you're just trying to fill in a flax or a... Because he has potential. He's Juju. He's great. He's good. You know, he's... For those of you, for those of you scoring at home, the targets: Claypool got 109, Juju got 128, and Deontay Johnson got 144. So, and Claypool and Smith Schuster's yardage was almost the same. And Johnson dropped a bunch of balls. Yeah. So Juju was the the short guy. Johnson was uh, the mid range, and then obviously Claypool, the uh, home run hitter. So, all right, so you got Johnson in your third, and he's the one that you like the most and probably the only out of the Steelers' wide receiving core. Yeah. I have Juju low down in my tier four, pretty far down. Right. Claypool, Claypool's out of the top four, top four tiers. A um, couple guys also in here. I'm, I'm kind of stuck on, on an Adam Thielen. He feels more as if a tier four, but... He's like a Cooper Cup. We I, I don't know if he's going to maintain. Is he really? You know, is Jefferson really going to take over? Is just the alpha, and Thielen's just going to be a, a guy like a wide receiver three, or does he have potential to actually you know blow up again like he did two years ago? Thielen I, is who Thielen has been. I do not think that you're going to see those 2017-2018 numbers again. You're talking about 142 targets, 153 targets. Yeah. You know, he ended up getting 91 receptions in 17, 113 in 18, and that was good for almost 1,300 yards each year, a little bit more in 2018. Then he only played 10 games in 2019, played 15 last year, and he came back down to earth. So, I, I mean, again, I was a big... Uh, fan of Stefan Diggs in that whole scenario and was always frustrated as I drafted Diggs and saw Thielen get all of the targets because Diggs, I thought, was the better wide receiver. And I think now, with age, Thielen's going to come back down to earth. So I don't have him in three. I mean, he is getting 110 targets, you know, and he was good for 74 catches, so 925. So I have him also ranked. I, I don't think I have him as high as you. He's very he's he, he feels as if he's like top of the tier four, bottom of the tier three in my mind. I I, I don't know. We'll have to see how this because because Dalvin Cook's gonna gonna demand a lot of carries and targets and this they're talking up Herb Smith like he's you know something. I so. think Thielen is. Like you're super comfortable as if Thielen is your three, and you're really nervous if Thielen's your two. Yes. Yep. 
Yep. So also moving on from him, uh, I don't. Did you talk about Lockett? Do you have Tyler Lockett in there? Uh, I have Tyler in the top of my next tier, which is four. Yeah, I have him bottom of the third, so uh, it makes sense. Um, and then I, the last guy I have on here, I should put DJ Moore in in tier three, but I don't trust Sam Darnold. Yeah, DJ Moore, for me, had a fantastic year two years ago, and then last year was a big letdown, although he rallied in the second half of the year. Now you're going to go to a new quarterback, and I, like you, feel the same way. I'm a little hesitant to take him without seeing what Darnold's going to do. Right, right. But the last guy I do have in uh, my Tier 3 is Brandon Ayuk. He was incredible. He was awesome. Last, yeah. last year. And if he, but I think he had a he had a crappy week sixteen, or last week, it was like the second to last week or the last one one or the other. It was like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, he had one game one week that was just a bomb. Like zero. Yeah, and like crushed owners late in the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I can see him if he seems like he's on a trajectory to to be like a tier two receiver next year. Like if they get the quarterback situation worked out, that kid can play. I mean, he can just straight up play. And I don't see Debo, Debo Samuel kind of fell out of favor for a lot yeah, of people. Completely. I don't know. I don't know what he can do. I mean, he, dude, dude is a monster. He's a, I mean, he's a strong dude. He just, he can't stay healthy. Well, it's not only that. I think for me, he became too gadget. He so, is very gadget. So yeah. you couldn't rely on the targets because you don't really know how he's going to be used. So yeah. again, Debo ends up becoming more or less the, as you're referring to it, the best ball play, where you, you draft him because you know, you know, a week here, a week there, you're going to get a monster week out of him. But well, otherwise, no. Yeah. Now, Ayuk, I agree with you. I, I thought Ayuk, you know, blew up, and he looked really good. If you ultimately, you know, watch the games themselves, he looked great. Um, I, I just the problem I have with Ayuk is I I don't know how it's going to work with Kittle, right? Because they're kind of you know it's the prototypical wide receiver which you would love to have a wide receiver one, but Kittle gets so much usage when he's healthy, featured in the passing game, and you have Garoppolo versus Lance, which will ultimately play into this, I think. Well, well, that, you're right, because that's the big thing is Garoppolo was Kittle's guy. Yeah, right? completely. And, it, and it then... Fit, right? And, right, and, right, exactly. He's not exactly. comfortable going down. It's the short guy. Here we go. And then he... Garoppolo got hurt, and I think it was Nick Mullins came in, and Nick Mullins peppered uh, uh, Kittle as well because he's he's the tight end. Uh, what's his name? The new guy, Lance. He's a runner. He's gonna move. So I can I I, I kind of foresee him not just dumping it off. Maybe in the beginning dumping it off to Kittle, but as it as it plays out, Ayuk's gonna get those targets. Yeah, I I don't I'm unsure as to how it's going to work, especially if Lance goes in there. Now Lance also he's been uh, he's been really gravitating toward one of the players, uh, eighty one. I think he's wearing Terrell 
uh, Owen's old number, and I don't know. I should know his his name because he's caught my eye a couple. He he's hit him on the long bombs. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Yeah, he's he's hit Lance has hit this guy, and I guess he's hit him a bunch in practice too. So there's concerns that if Lance goes in there, I wonder if it throws off the entire chemistry, but I don't know. Yeah. It's somebody you got to look him up. I think he's number 81. Um, Jalen Hurd. Is that who 81 is? No, it's not Jalen Hurd. Uh, Jalen Hurd. We know it, it's, it, it's a name I, I haven't known and I don't know if he's a rookie or not. Um, Travis Benjamin. Is that it? Nope. Nope. I can't believe he's still in the league. Uh, Richie James. Oh, it's I know who it is. It's Jawan Jennings. Is that who it is? Jo- John in no, that's number fifteen. Who is the guy you're talking about? I'm almost positive it's eighty one because I was like, oh, that's Terrell Owens' number. Just it's put, not, just put. Jesus, they have S- Muhammad Sanu as their starter. Yeah, that's not happening. I, Sanu will be lucky to make the team. Oh, Trent Sherfield. Yes, that's it. Trent Sherfield. That's it. That's it. Sherfield. Fourth um, season out of Vanderbilt. Yes. Okay. That that's what it is. Um, and they were saying that he's been that Lance has been hitting Sherfield in practices a ton, and then he's who he hit deep in these games. So okay. uh, now I don't know if that's a function of him being on the second team when Lance is in there, but whatever it is, they've they've had a connection that's been noted on podcasts. So what do they have? Muhammad Sanu is their slot, or is Debo the slot? Uh, I would think that Debo would be the slot, right? And uh, what uh, Ayuk would be the would be the X. Um. Sanu would be the Y, and then Debo would be the Z. Yeah, I guess so. If they still embrace all that, you know, I mean, but uh, who knows? Um, they Shanahan does so many cool, awesome things out of his offensive sets that you know, who the hell knows? But they still use a fullback too. Don't forget that. Right, right, right. Well, I, I mean, how could you not know that as they plug him all the time? Uh, Kushchev. You check. You check. I can never pronounce it right, but whatever. And he got paid too. He got tons of money. But um, for, from San Francisco's standpoint, uh, I think the ones I like the most are Kittle and Ayuk. And I, I think I would tend to shy away from the rest of them, like you were mentioning, especially Debo Samuel. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you because this came up in our draft. So here's a uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Mike Evans or Brandon Ayuk? Um, I'm going Mike Evans. Me too. That, that's what. But I was looking at Ayuk, and I decided to go Evans because I was like, he's getting older, but still he's, I don't know, he, he's established. Brady's there year two, and I don't know what's going on with the quarterback uh, in San Francisco quite that's yet. That's the only reason. If we knew who the quarterback in San Francisco all year was going to be, and we had some sort of a semblance of what that connection would look like between said quarterback and Brendan Ayuk, I think Ayuk would be high. That's what I'm saying. Like, next year, I can foresee Ayuk being a tier two. Sure. I mean, dude dude plays. If you watch, like you said, if you watch those games, Ayuk could play. Oh, yeah, he's really good. He's really good. He's really good. I mean, he's he's a beast, so. and Well, and to sum up the Evans thing, I took Evans and then Ayuk went the next pick. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. I, I was just like, "Oh man, should I, w- I went the other way?" 
So you have Ayuk in your three. Uh, you have Tyler Lockett in your three. Tyler Lockett, I, I want to move him. I I just don't trust him. I he's just uh, long, he's, he's long best in the tooth ball. for me. He's he's uh, best ball. He's great for best ball. He, he's he, not going to win you a league. The way in redraft leagues, he he. I think his best years are behind him, especially in fantasy, because DK Metcalf will just be fe- continually featured more and more going forward. And don't forget that the Seahawks actually drafted a wide receiver as well in the draft, so they're looking to add to their wide receiver depth because they ended up picking up in the second round Dwayne Eskridge out of Michigan. So, and I mean he was picked fifty six. So. Um, they're obviously looking down the line yeah. outside of Lockett. You know, Lockett's yeah, small too. You know, he's, he's what he's, he, he's under six feet and under two hundred pounds. You know, he's not not a big dude. Yeah, I, my only concern with Lockett is oh, and he's questionable already. He just vanishes. He gets hurt and then he vanishes and then you're just stuck. You know, I think he, he won me a week last year. I think he put up forty or fifty points. And then he was gone the rest of the year. It, there's just yeah. no... I have no faith in him. He's in my tier four, but I just don't have faith in him. Um, so, anyway, you, you had Lockett. Is there anybody else that I'm missing? Because you were you talked about DJ Moore, but you didn't have him there. And I think you wrapped up with Ayuk in three, and that was it. Yeah, Ayuk's in three. You have a lot more confidence in Galladay than I do. Uh, you had him in your tier... I had what, him in two? my tier three, yeah, because he's the he's the number one, and the only question mark I have about Galladay is that he gets hurt, and I, that is a great cause of concern. And when I took him, I really didn't like it because I ended up taking him in the fantasy draft that we just took part in, um, and I really felt uneasy because I was like, man, he's gonna be my he's gonna be my like number two. My slash two three, and I'm like, I don't, you know, if he gets hurt, I'm, I'm screwed. But he, he was my two three last year in, in in Lost in the Fog, and he was great. I mean, he killed it for like three weeks. Yeah, and then he got hurt and never played again. I mean, go back to 2018, 2019. He was good for 70 catches and a thousand yards with five touchdowns, and then 65 catches for 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, it's solid numbers. Especially for a number one. And so the Giants just paid him through the nose. I mean, the guy hit the effing lottery. And so for a wide receiver that was just embraced by a team, if he doesn't produce top numbers now, I would say that he's going to be a wash. And it's going to be a terrible investment for the Giants. So I took well. the I took the flyer on him, putting him in Tier 3 because I'm just looking for him to put up numbers and reminiscent of a 2018 and 2019 and hoping that the 2020 injury plague season uh, was a figment of our imagination. Um, but yeah, that's why I, I had more confidence in Galladay. And then I don't even, you probably have Beckham in four, if four at all. I have him in four. I just don't, I don't see him. I, I love Beckham. I, 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 Really hope he does well and stays healthy because he's he did so much for the Giants. He was awesome. I mean, he was so good. It was so fun to watch. As as like a you know someone who grew up in the New York area, it's it was great to watch him just tear people apart on the Giants. 
and he just can't he just can't stay healthy no matter what. You take Odell and you put him on the Rams and he's putting up monster numbers still. Yeah. He just it's just Cleveland is not the place for him. I no. I don't know why. But that's why I said I put him in tier three and I didn't like it. It's just because I still have faith that you know, he's got that player in him. I yeah. ju- I just don't know. You know, if it'll ever come back, especially with Baker Mayfield at the helm, because Baker Mayfield's really bad. So, uh, I mean, that's just my opinion. You know, maybe he's got moxie. Everybody talks about this fucking moxie that he has. I don't yeah. care about the moxie. I want the talent, and I don't see it. So, the, uh, go the ahead. Last thing, the last thing I think we should just wrap, kind of wrap up with is is Tier 4. You know, to pa- past Tier 4, you're really uh, – these guys are good. They're good. They're potential. Um, but tier four is kind of really where I cut it and say, all right, you guys have potential. You could easily jump up to like a wide receiver too. Do you see that? Yes. So in, in that regard, I'll go through some of my fours because they rival your threes to an extent. So at the top here, I have Kittle and Ayuk, right? Because I'd probably put Kittle up higher, but he was a little banged up. And I don't know if he could perform where he was. I like Ayuk more in the potential because I like the wide receiver over the tight end. Then I also have Claypool and Deontay Johnson um, underneath them. I don't know which one. I probably would side now more with Deontay Johnson over Claypool only for the reception factor. And then after that, I have Tyler Lockett. And I, I have Lockett up there just because his numbers do, you know, scream a 1,000 yards every year. And if he's sitting there, I'm probably going to pick him up. But then after that, I'm, I'm just going to throw out some names that are, you know, I have Thielen there. Um, I have Will Fuller. I have DJ Moore. Uh, Jamar Chase, which is a complete flyer. I don't like rookie wide receivers per se. But he is the number one. And you're looking at Burrow and Chase together. Um, uh, Cortland Sutton, I'm interested to see if he can come back from his ACL because if he can, he was really, really good. I know Jerry Judy's there, so that eats into his, his catches a little bit. Michael Thomas, uh, T. Higgins, DJ Shark. I, again, DJ Shark has a, probably a lot of potential. I just don't know how his chemistry is going to be with Lawrence. You have the Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Woods, I, pro- I I probably could push maybe up to three a little bit or at least higher on this tier four. And then it's, you know, Antonio Brown, Chenault, Sh- Smith-Schuster, Devo Samuel, Corey Davis. I mean, all these- Corey Davis is somebody. I, I, he's the only one out of these guys I've just named that I am, I, I've kind of gotten bigger on as time has went on here through training camp. Because I I think he's going to be featured in uh, New York. And I think the Jets are going to pass more than we think. I don't know if that's going to work because if they pass and it ends up that uh, Zach Wilson is is a dud and it's just getting picked off, that, that could kill the pick. But if they... You know, pass and Zach Wilson isn't terrible, Corey Davis's stock for me goes up. So, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox there. But like I said, all those guys, they could be... Th- maybe a three, some of those guys, but for the most part, you know, they're all just kind of a step below. Yeah, I, I, we kind of, we have a mish, mishmash, mishmash? Um, I think we would mishmash maybe like 12 times today, but yes, go on. Yeah, well, that's because what it is. I mean, that, that's exactly what this is. Uh, our three, our tier three and our, our tier four kind of go back and forth, but 
Tier four, uh, I'm I'm with you. Like T Higgins, Jamar Chase, I have them back to back. Okay. Juju, Juju and Claypool, I have back to back. Yep. Um, Devontae Smith is somebody we didn't talk about. So I have him in tier four because they have nobody else. I, I would put him in tier four because they have nobody else. I I took him in our draft based solely on the fact that they have nobody else. I, I don't necessarily like unproven um, rookie wide receivers that don't have some kind of standout physical attribute, right? Like when Randy Moss came in the league, you knew he was just going to dominate. Um, you know, the rookie wide receivers come in and, and they usually don't do that. So I'm hesitant about uh, Smith. But like you just said, what else do they have? No, they've got her. This is why Miles Sanders' stock is so high still is because they have nobody else to pass to, and Miles Sanders is going to get targets. Like, he, Hurts is going to run, or he's going to dump it off, or he's going to throw it to Devontae Smith. That's his – and Goddard will, will snag some things here and there. That's it. That's it. They, they don't have anything else. So you can't not – I mean, we base our fantasy – uh, uh, projections and opinions on opportunity. And opportunity is purely what Devontae Smith has, so we're going to have to see how it goes. I mean, I, I I have Sutton in here, too. I agree with that. Um, I'm really intrigued by the T. Higgins-Jamar Chase thing. I, I, I don't... T. Higgins was so good Higgins was year. great. Higgins really was good. And he, he came through big. Good. I mean, he, he had uh, almost 1,000 yards, 67 catches, six touchdowns. But I, I wish I had his game log in front of me right now, but I want to say that he started coming on a little stronger later. No. He, he, he was, big, was bigger like earlier? Week three to week 10, and then Burrow got hurt. Oh, because hurt. Burrow. It was Burrow. That, that's what it was. He was big, right. and then Burrow got hurt, and that was it. Um, and then he slowed down. But with Burrow, he was incredible. I mean, he was... He was a legit WR1. Like, he was a wide receiver one for, for seven weeks with Burrow. And yeah, let's see if I can pull up his uh, game log real quick. Because of the of all of the Bengals receivers, I liked Higgins the most. Right? And, and you know, then they went and got Jamar Chase, who I like. Uh, I just think I'd probably lean toward uh, Higgins more only because he was established. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It, I, I have it pulled up. It, it's 21 in week three, 13 in week four, 10 in week five, 18 week six, 18 week seven, 15 week eight, 22 week 10. Then Burrow got hurt. He had a five and then he had a 15, but, and then he had 21 at the end of, in the uh, finale, but it wasn't like what he had. I mean, he was averaging like 18 points a week, 19 points a week for those like seven weeks. And that's as a rookie. Right, and re- that's the other thing is that remember he's a second round pick. It wasn't like he he was chump change, you know. I mean, every, no. Jamar Chase gets all all this recognition because he's a high pick, but uh, Higgins was round two, and you know you look through his game log here, and I'm just going to pick out some games. You know, four for seventy seven, six for one twenty five, five for seventy one, six for seventy eight, seven for one fifteen, and then I think uh, that's where uh, he got hurt. Because then you're three for 26, five for 44, five for 56, all the high end left. 
You know, yeah. you're talking about a 70, 70, 70, over 100, over 100, 60, and then nothing like that after that. So I think that was the game, which would have been uh, Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh when he got banged up? Burrow? Uh, Don't remember. If it, 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 it's uh, irrelevant, but... Uh, yes, so Higgins, like you said, great early, and then all of a sudden, obviously changed with the changing quarterback. Yeah. But And they don't have anybody else, right? I mean, it's yeah, going to be do. Higgins I and mean, Chase. They, well, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I don't know. I You know, Tyler Boyd, every time somebody picks him up, I'm, I kind of look and I'm like, I don't know. Is he really worth anything? He, he had the exact – he was two points below Higgins at the end of the year. For total for total points. I mean he had 20, 22, 16, 28, 20, 18. Like dude had dude had numbers. Oh, let's see here. Yeah, I mean And so, he's not old. He's twenty six years old, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean he got picked uh twenty sixteen is when he came in. So comparatively speaking he had seven, and this is going from earlier in the season after. I'm just going to pick out. He, he had a seven for 72, 10 for 125, seven for 90. Then he had a couple of uh, mid-range games, 11 for 101, uh, six for 67, six for 41. Then I, that's the Pittsburgh game, and then his, he goes up after that. So he has a nine for 85, a one for seventy-two. If I, I that Pittsburgh game's got to be the one where uh, Burrow went down, but um, without going. Yeah, then history. he got then he got hurt and missed uh, the fine uh, fifteen sixty. He I mean, he gets a lot of targets. I mean, you know, going from week one forward, five, eight, thirteen, eight, six, eight, thirteen, seven, eight, eleven. Way more targets. Well, not really. I mean, Higgins also going from week one forward, six, nine, seven, eight, eight. Five nine nine ten. They're pretty. They're kind of like one A and one one B. They they very much will compete with Dallas as the best trio of fantasy wide receivers in the league. Do you think that Boyd takes a hit with Chase coming on? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you think Higgins takes a hit with Chase coming on? I do not. I think Higgins is the is the WR one on that right. team. So Boyd is the one that takes the back seat. Mm-hmm. That's going to take the knock on on his stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yep. I I tend to agree. I, there's a lot of questions. I would throw the dice on on Chase. I definitely would draft Higgins. I don't know if I would really touch Boyd. I probably would touch Boyd if it was a value pick later in the draft. We don't even know what Chase is. Chase hasn't played uh, organized football in two years. No, I know. I would just take a flyer on him only for the potential. Oh, of course. Right. I mean, he, his pedigree. They're saying he's the, he's the best wide receiver prospect in Tulio Jones. Like, that's that's a bold statement, but that's what all the analysts were saying. Ac- so. Across the Bengals, however, I think my trepidation with picking any of those three is just you don't know what Burrow's going to look like coming back from the big injury. Right. No, he's he's going to be scared. I, you, you don't know. I, I'm not saying that he is or he's not. I'm just saying I can't really invent. Now I grabbed him uh, as a backup quarterback. My initial, my first quarterback is um, is what do you call it? Um, who the hell did I grab as my uh, quarterback? 
I had my lineup right over here. Herbert. I, I Justin Herbert. So I know. Yeah, you took Herbert when I, I was so mad. Yeah, well, I grabbed Allen, and then I, I grabbed Herbert because I was trying to get a 1-2. And then I, I wanted to get some kind of backup before everybody snatched up the backups. And Burrow was still sitting there. And Burrow was tearing up the league before he got his injury. So I said, you know what? I don't know if he's going to come back from the injury as strong as he did before, but I'm going to grab him anyway. Right, and their offense might change too. They might feature Mixon more because Mixon was banged up last year too. So maybe the offense changes and isn't so pass heavy. Who the hell knows? But I took uh, I took Burrow as a flyer, and I kind of feel the same way about all three of these guys. I take him as flyers. I just uh, I wouldn't want to get them as my wide receiver one or my wide receiver two because I don't know how it's going to pan out. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough with an injury like that because you never know what the guy's going to come back like. Right. So, all right. So that's, uh, I don't know, that's the round four. Is there anything else that we haven't touched that you wanted to get to? Just McCall Hardman. He's the only one we really haven't talked about that I wanted to mention. You can talk about him all you want. I have no thoughts, opinions on him. I'm staying away. I don't know what to make of him. I don't either. But I just, if he's going to be a piece of that offense, I want him. I, I threw a dart at him in, our, in, in my league. Uh, and I'm going to sit on him and hope that he does something. I mean, the reports from Camper that he's killing it. So I, I guess we'll see. Sammy Watkins is gone, right, and injured again. Yeah, and injured again. Dude, it just stays injured. <laughs> I mean, that that has been his entire career. Sammy Watkins injured. They should. He's changed his middle name to injured. Sammy injured Watkins. <laughs> that would be it. S-I-W. But it should be a part. It should, it should be part of his last name. So it's not just Sammy like injured Watkins. Is Sammy oh hyphenated like Smith Schuster? Yeah, like Sammy injured, injured Watkins. Watkins. Right, injured Walk injured Watkins. Right. Uh, all right. So and and Hardman, your thoughts are just because they have nobody else other than I, I just I can't go through the whole wide receiver tight end podcast and not mention. Who could be the number two in Kansas City? Mahomes is Mahomes can throw the ball. I mean, a lot. Yeah, it's just I, Hardman's never showed me anything outside of the one or two big catches. Yeah, a year. I know, I know, but there's no walkings now, and Robinson is not. I heard Robinson might get cut, so then it would just be Pringle as the other guy, and you know, it can't just be Hill. And and Kelsey, there he has to spread it out. Why not? He's been doing I it mean, so far. We'll see. I we'll mean, see. they went to back to back Super Bowls. It's not broken. Don't fix it. Hardman, by yeah. the way, past two years. Uh, obviously, this is going to be his third year out of Georgia. Uh, 2019, he played all 16 games, had 41 targets, 26 catches for 538. So <laughs> yards per catch of t- almost 21 for six touchdowns. Again, just a big, long hitter. And then last year, played the entire season, 62 targets, 41 receptions, 560. His yards per reception came way down, all the way down to 14. So 21 down to 14, and he had four touchdowns. So, I mean... But double that. I mean, let's say you double that because he gets... He's the number two. I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's, It's worth a dart throw, man. Yeah. I mean, there's... I mean, 
I'd probably throw a dart at him over some of these other guys. I'm looking at some random list that they have scattered around here, right? I'd probably go Hardman over Beasley, Hardman over Rieger, uh, uh, yeah, Hardman over Ruggs, Christian Kirk, Hardman over Landry. Uh, yeah. Hardman over Curtis Samuel because I just don't yeah, know what yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, easily, easily. Rub, Hardman Waddle. over, yeah, Hardman over Waddle. I don't, I just don't know. I, I don't like uh, Tua. Tongue, Tongue of Viola, Viola, or there was something going on with ESPN. Fuller and Park Parker are going to demand uh, targets. Yeah, there was there was something going on with ESPN I today. I saw it. Did you hear with it? Schefter. Yeah, it was with something Schefter. about they were trying to figure out how to pronounce his name, right? That's why I just say Tua because, because they, got, they, they got the they got the letter. Uh, Schefter tweeted about it. He showed he showed the letter. From yeah, I guy. heard him on the radio this morning. That's why I, I heard it. Tongue of Viola, right? Tua Tongue of Viola. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, what does he say in the in the letter? He says there's no. Uh, 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 jungle? What was he saying? No, there's no something that everybody's saying in it, right? It's tongue of Viola. Tongue of yeah, Viola. Yeah, he says. Whoa! Looks like the uh, the woman of the house has arrived. Mrs. Eggie has come back from her night on the town with her friends. There's no tango it, when you, there Tua is Tango no Viola. Yeah, right. People were saying Tua Tango Viola, right? And he there's just said no tango in his name. Yeah, it's Tango Viola. It's Tua Tago Viola. I think it's Tango Viola. They were talking about it today, but who the hell cares? Anyway, I don't know what Tua is, so I don't know what to make of Waddle. So I probably would pick Hardman over him, but I like Waddle more as a high draft pick. Again, rookie, I have a big question mark about rookie wide receivers. They never seem to pan out, so I'd stay away from Waddle. I probably would just go Hardman. But yeah. I don't like Hardman at all, so I would just stay away. I don't know. Who would I take, Hardman or Waddle? I don't know about that one. I'd probably take neither. Waddle of the bunch of him, Chase, and Smith is the one that I like the least. Guess we'll have to wait and see. All right. All right. So that, I guess that wraps it up for all of our fantasy. So we've done quarterbacks, running backs, and now we've knocked out the wide receivers and tight ends at the very beginning. So uh, after this, it looks like we will just go straight into gambling because the week is the season is going to be two weeks away and we'll probably maybe we could fit it in there we'll do some projections for next year so i mean for this upcoming year that is so we'll do some prop bets uh you know over under wins things like that uh before the season begins and then we'll have our first week gambling show and we'll get that in maybe wednesday of that week latest we could do it is Thursday, but then that, that first game is there, so let's aim on that Wednesday or that following week. So, And that does it. So, anyway, uh, we are punching out. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week into the weekend. Until you hear from us next, I will say goodbye for Chris because it looks like he ended up crapping out on his connection. So, from the Eggie Brothers to you... Enjoy. Talk to you later. Take care.